Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. morning. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Jamie Porter, Chief Financial Officer. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Operator, and thanks everyone for attending Alamos' second quarter 2020 conference call. In addition to myself, we have on the line today both John McCluskey, President and CEO, and Peter McPhail, COO. We will be referring to a presentation during the conference call that is available through the webcast and on our website. I would also like to remind everyone that our presentation will be followed by a Q&A session. As we will be making forward-looking statements during the call, please refer to the cautionary notes included in the presentation, news release, and MD&A, as well as the risk factors set out in our annual information form. Technical information in this presentation has been reviewed and approved by Chris Boswick, our Vice President of Technical Services, and a qualified person. Also, please bear in mind that all of the dollar amounts mentioned in this conference call are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. Uh, with that, I'll turn the call over to John to provide you with an overview. Thank you very much, Jamie. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the call. We had a reasonably good second quarter, despite having to adjust to operating in a challenging COVID-19 environment. Importantly, we advanced several of our key growth initiatives, which culminated in the completion of the lower mine expansion at Young-Davidson, the announcement of the Phase 3 expansion at Island Gold and the Liaki Grande construction decision earlier this month. With respect to our operations, we produced 78,400 ounces of gold in the second quarter. Production was impacted by temporary suspensions at Island Gold and Molados for more than a month related to COVID-19. Consolidated total cash costs of $933 per ounce and following sustaining costs of $1,276 per ounce were also affected. Given the impact of COVID-19 on our second quarter results, we've revised our full year 2020 production guidance slightly lower to 405,000 ounces to 435,000 ounces. We also made minor revisions to our cost guidance with total cash cost guidance increasing 3% to a range between $780 to $820 per ounce and all-in sustaining cost guidance increasing 2% to 1030 to $1,770 per ounce. This primarily reflects higher costs at Young-Davidson in the second quarter due to the delay in completing the tie-in. With Mulattoes and Island Gold resuming operations in May and returning to normal operating levels in June, and the lower mine expansion at Young-Davidson completed earlier this month, we expect much stronger production and significantly lower costs in the second half of this year. Moving to slide floor, as previously discussed on our quarter call, we implemented increasing, increasingly strict health and safety protocols across the company with the emergence of COVID-19, ranging from medical screening for all personnel prior to site entry to social distancing practices across our, our operations. At the beginning of May, we began uh, safely ramping up operations at Island Gold and did the same at Mulattoes towards the end of the month. 
all of our mines are now operating at normal levels, albeit under strict health and safety protocols. These protocols continue to evolve as we look for the best ways to keep our workforce and communities safe. Our strong outlook is detailed on slide five. We started the year working towards several significant catalysts as part of a transformational year for Alamos. Earlier this month, we delivered on three of these catalysts. The completion of the lower mine expansion at Young Davidson will be a step change for that operation, meaning higher production, lower costs, and lower capital going forward. This will be a big driver of strong company-wide free cash flow growth in the second, quarter, second half of 2020 and beyond. At Island Gold, the phase three expansion will double the mine life and give us a bigger, lower cost, and even more profitable operation. Finally, the Liaki Grande project adds low cost, high return production to the Mulatto's complex. With Island Gold and Mulatto's operating at normal levels, Young Davidson ramping up to 7,500 tons per day, we expect higher production and much lower cash costs to, to drive strong free cash flow growth in the second half of this year. I'll now turn the call over to our CFO, Jamie Porter, to review our financial performance. Jamie. Thank you, John. Moving on to slide six in the presentation, we sold 74,600 ounces of gold at a realized price of $1,692 per ounce for revenues of $126 million in the quarter. Total cash costs of $933 per ounce were temporarily higher, primarily reflecting the COVID-19 related delay in completing the lower mine expansion at Young Davidson. All in sustaining costs of $1,276 per ounce were also impacted by sustaining capital being spread across lower production at all of our operations. As John mentioned, we expect costs to decrease significantly in the second half of 2020. Despite the downtime at lower production at, My at Mulatto's and Island Gold during the quarter, both operations performed well, generating 19 million and 9 million of mine site free cash flow respectively. Operating cash flow before changes in non-cash working capital was 45 million or 11 cents per share in the second quarter. Our reported net earnings of 12 million or 3 cents per share included unrealized foreign exchange gains of 10 million recorded within deferred taxes, partially offset by COVID-19 costs of 6.5 million at Island Gold and Mulatto, and other one-time losses of 1.9 million. Excluding these items, our adjusted net earnings were 10 million or 3 cents per share. Capital spending totaled 55 million in the second quarter, including 14 million of sustaining capital, 39 million of growth capital, and 1 million of capitalized exploration. Majority of the growth capital was spent on completing the lower mine expansion at Young Davidson, advancing work on the tailing facilities at both Young Davidson and Island Gold, and other infrastructure projects at Island Gold. With the announcement of the phase three expansion at Island Gold and the positive construction decision for La Yaki Grande, we are increasing our capital guidance for 2020. We now expect to spend between 205 and 235 million this year, an increase of 25 to 30 million from our previous guidance. This includes an expected 20 million increase in gross capital at Island and a 10 to 15 million increase at Mulatto's for the development of La Yaki Grande. This is partially offset by lower capitalized exploration at Island Gold with exploration activities having been suspended for a good part of the second quarter. We repurchased an additional 527,000 shares under our share buyback program early in the quarter at an average price of US $5.05 per share, more than 50% below our current share price. 
We also paid a quarterly dividend of $6 million in June. In total, we've returned $9 million to shareholders in the second quarter and $17 million year-to-date. We ended the quarter with a pass of $201 million, $30 million of equity securities, and $400 million of additional liquidity. This includes the $100 million drawn on our $500 million revolving credit facility in the first quarter to enhance our financial flexibility given COVID-19. We have no additional debt. With the completion of the lower mine expansion at Young Davidson, we have transitioned from a reinvestment phase to a period of strong free cash flow growth. We are well positioned to fund our internal growth initiatives while also growing our net cash position and returning additional capital to our shareholders in the form of higher dividends. I'll now turn the call over to our COO, Peter McPhail, to provide an overview of our operations. Peter? Uh, thank you, Jamie. Uh, moving to slide seven, Young Davidson produced 23,100 ounces in the second quarter, with total cash costs of $1,564 per ounce, and mine site all in sustaining costs of $1,809 per ounce. Production and costs were impacted by the Northgate shaft being down for the entire quarter to complete the tie-in of the upper and lower mines. Previously announced, this was delayed about a month into July due to COVID-19 related labor constraints. During the downtime, ore was trucked to surface from remnant stokes in the upper mine at a rate of approximately 2,700 tons per day. Given the delay, we have revised our full year production guidance at Young Davidson to uh, 135,000 to 145,000 ounces and increased our cost guidance. With the lower mine expansion now complete, we are expecting a much stronger second half with production increasing to a range of 83,000 to 93,000 ounces and total cash costs decreasing sharply to between 800 and $840 per ounce and mine site all in sustaining costs decreasing to between 990 and $1,030 per ounce. Over to slide eight, the completion of the lower mine expansion is a significant milestone and game changer for the operation. We are now operating from the new infrastructure that is bigger, more efficient, and more productive. Underground mining rates increased from approximately 2,500 tons per day earlier this month to 6,500 tons per day currently, and are expected to continue to increase to 7,500 tons per day by the end of 2020. In addition to driving production higher to over 200,000 ounces annually, it will also drive costs lower. Furthermore, with the completion of the expansion, our capital spending will trend lower going forward. Collectively, we expect this to drive strong free cash flow growth starting in the third quarter. Over to slide nine, Island Gold produced 19,400 ounces during the second quarter, a total cost cost of $501 per ounce, and mine site all in sustaining costs of $781 per ounce. Production was lower, reflecting the temporary suspension of operations from the last week of March to the end of April. We began a phased restart of the operation in early May the operation is performing well within the mine, with mining and miller grades, increasing to average above 1,200 tons per day in June. Mine grades of 7.28 grams per ton for the quarter were impacted by the deferral of high-grade stokes into the third quarter. As such, mine grades are expected to increase in the second half of the year. Given the downtime in the second quarter, we have tightened our full-year production guidance to between 130 to 140,000 ounces, while keep, keeping cost guidance unchanged. Looking to the second half of the year, we are expecting stronger production, reflecting higher grades and mining rates. Moving to slide 10, Island Gold is already a very profitable mine, but as outlined in the phase three expansion study, it's going to grow into an even more profitable operation. 
After an extensive review of multiple scenarios, the shaft expansion to 2,000 tons per day was clearly the best option to take this operation forward, having the strongest economics, being the most efficient and productive, and far and away having the lowest operating costs. Over to slide 11. Following the completion of the shaft in 2025, gold production will increase to average 236,000 ounces per year at industry low all in sustaining costs all, all in sustaining costs of $534 per ounce. At a $1,750 gold price, which is starting to look conservative relative to spot prices, Ireland will generate more than $200 million in free cash flow a year. This is clearly the best option based on what we know now. Furthermore, as shown on slide 12, the shaft gives us the greatest exposure to future exploration upside, particularly at depth. The deposit is open laterally and down plunge, and we're confident the reserve and resource grade space will grow further. The shaft gives us the future flexibility to ensure we capitalize on that growth. For additional information on the shaft expansion and the benefits it will bring, I encourage you to visit our website to review the webcast we held on July 15th. Moving on to slide 13. Mulatto's produced 35,900 ounces in the second quarter, a total cash cost of $750 per ounce, and mine site all in sustaining costs of $890 per ounce. Despite the temporary suspension of operations in April and through most of May, Mulatto's performed well, benefiting from the large inventory of ounces stacked on the leach pad prior to the shutdown. While the lower tons mined and stacked during the downtime did not have a significant impact on the second quarter, it is expected to have some impact on production in the second half of the year. As a result, our full-year production guidance has decreased 10,000 ounces to 140 to 150,000 ounces, while our cost guidance remains unchanged. Moving to slide 14, looking ahead, La Yaki Grande will be a big part of the future of mulattoes and a significant driver of lower costs. Earlier this week, we announced results of the positive internal economic study on La Yaki Grande, highlighting it as our next low-cost, high-return project in the mulattoes district. At our base Case gold price assumption of $1,450 per ounce, La Yaki Grande has an after-tax IRR of 41%. At $1,750 per ounce, the return increases to 58%. This follows similarly high returns for our La Yaki Phase 1 and Serapalone operations and highlights the type of potential in the Mulatos district. La Yaki Grande is fully permitted and expected to produce 123,000 ounces uh, per year starting the third quarter of 2022 mine site also sustaining costs of $578 per ounce. This will replace higher cost production from the main Milano's pit, keeping combined production at around 150,000 ounces per year, but at substantially lower cost. Initial capital of $137 million is expected to be spent over the next two years, starting in the second half of 2020. We expect Milano's to self-finance the development of Laiaki Grande. With that, I'll turn the call back to John. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, we'll now open the lines uh, to, to your questions, and uh, with that, I'll, I'll ask the operator to uh, to take over the call. Operator. Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you are using a speakerphone, please shift the handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star one on the telephone keypad. If at any time you wish to cancel the question, please press the pound sign. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register. Thank you for your patience.
The first question is from Cosmos Chu from CIBC. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi. Um, thanks, John, Jamie, and Peter for the conference call. Um, maybe first off, my question is on Layaki Grande. Good to see the positive decision to, uh, that was made two days ago and a very strong IRR. Um, but you, could you remind us in terms of you know, the CapEx profile, the timing, I think you, you know, touched on it, and how that kind of fits in in terms of the CapEx needs for Island Gold Phase 3? Cosmos, it's, uh, it's Jamie here. I can, I can take that. Um, Hi, yeah, I think we announced in, in the press release uh, the, the total capital for the project is about 137 million U.S., I believe. We should spend between 10 and 15 million of that this year, and that's the reason for the slight increase in Mulatto's capital guidance uh, for the remainder for the second half of 2020. And we spend up to 100 million of that in 2021. So, uh, I, I mean, at these gold prices, Mulatto is able to entirely self-finance that. So if you look forward into 2021, you know, Young Davidson at, at these prices is generating 140, 150 million in, in free cash flow. Uh, Mulatto, or Island and Mulattoes are both generating about 50 million in, in free cash flow net of all their capital related to the phase three expansion at Island and Layaki Grande construction at Mulattoes. Mm-hmm. And how does that, so that, you know, uh, the bulk of that CapEx is going to come before you need to spend any kind of money on Island Gold, phase three. That's right. I mean, we'll, we'll start next year. We have some capital related to phase three, uh, some growth capital in our island budget for 2021. Uh, but net of that, island's still generating 50, 60 million of, uh, of, of free cash flow. Once La Yaki Grande is built, you've got both Young Davidson and Mulattoes generating well north of 100 million a year in free cash flow and uh, Island able to self-finance as, as a majority of the Phase 3 expansion. So we're, we're very well positioned. Uh, we're, we're not going to need to use much, if any, of our balance sheet. Rather, uh, th this growth will be entirely self-financed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, not saying it's going to happen, but, uh, you know, certainly Turkey. Uh, what if that comes back in? What if you need to restart sort of construction in Turkey? Um, how does that kind of fit into the picture in terms of capital allocation? Yeah, I think from a spending perspective, it would be, you know, if we get the permit reinstated, it would be six to 12 months before we'd, we'd start uh, heavily ramping up the spending. And, uh, you know, the project has a north of 100% IRR at these gold prices. So it's, it's obviously something we'd, we'd want to go ahead with, with, uh, you know, minimal additional capital. We're, we're talking about 130 million U.S. of incremental capital. So we'd have, we definitely have the ability to, uh, to move forward with that as, as, as well. Mm -hmm. And, and that maybe a bit more on the Layaki Grande here. You know, as you mentioned in your press release, you know, a lot of that ore is going to be replacing higher cost uh, production coming from mulattoes. But is there any kind of scenario whereby it would be in addition to, you know, mulattoes' main pit production, whereby, you know, instead of 150,000 ounces, you could, you know, be pushing uh, upwards to 200,000 ounces, which, you know, I believe. That, you know, Mulatto's, that's where it was at at one point in time, you know, many years ago. But uh, is there a scenario whereby that could happen? Yeah, I think under our, under our existing plans, I, I mean, we've got about six different sources of, of, of ore at Mulatto's between Serapalone, Layaki Grande, the various uh, Mulatto's pits and the stockpiles we have. So our, our plan is to have a relatively smooth production profile averaging around 150,000 ounces over the next six years. 
We do have the flexibility to increase production, uh, particularly at, at Layaki Grande by uh, effectively just at adding trucks and increasing the mining rate. So that's something we'd, uh, we could consider if it made sense to do so. But having a sustained uh, increase in production above 200,000 ounces a year would, would require us uh, you know, to have some success on the exploration front. Mm -hmm. Of course. And maybe, maybe a question on the financial side here. Um, you know, certainly, I don't know how to forecast this, but uh, the U.S. dollar, you know, Canadian dollar nowadays, it seems like the Canadian dollar is strengthening against the U.S. dollar. Um, maybe, Jamie, could you, you know, remind us of your hedging strategy, how much is being hedged right now, and, you know, how we should look at it on a go-forward basis in terms of, I don't want to call it risk mitigation on the foreign exchange uh, component, but I guess that's what it is. Yes, certainly. So we've, uh, as of as of today, we've got about 50% of our Canadian dollar exposure hedge for for the remainder of 2020, uh, and a pretty tight call range between 74 and 76 cents. So spot is right right in the middle of that of that, of that range currently, and that's that's generally what we try to do. We we use callers uh, to try to approximate our, uh, our our budgeted rate, which was 75 cents for the year. Uh, so it's 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 short term in nature. Uh, we don't generally go out too uh, too far. We're, we're starting to look into Q1 of next year, um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's a fairly conservative FX hedging program, and uh, we'll, we'll, we intend to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. And then one last question, if I may, you know, on this uh, COVID-19, you know, certainly um, Q2 was impacted, but it sounds like you have a lot of protocols in place, and you know, you're in a good place. Um, but based on observations up until now. You know, any kind of uh, permanent changes, permanent impact that we could expect uh, on a longer-term basis, um, you know, in terms of co costs, in terms of operations, in terms of efficiencies, anything on that front? Yeah, I think uh, from, I mean, you would have seen it with our revised guidance, uh, our cost guidance is, is, is effectively flat, a slight increase uh, relative to what we, what we published at the start of the year. Um, the COVID costs we reported in our Q2 financial statements of 6.5 million. Those were incremental related to the temporary suspensions of operations at Island and Mulattos. We don't expect those to recur. You're not going to see COVID costs uh, in our financials going forward unless we are, you know, required to suspend one of the operations again because of the, because of an outbreak or something else. Um, the impact on our operations and productivity. I think is, is, is fairly muted. Uh, we're saying less, less than 5%, and at least for 2020, it's, it's certainly been offset by the, uh, the weaker currencies and, and, and diesel prices that we've seen. But we, we wouldn't expect the, the changes that we've made to have a material impact on our cost structure at any of our mines. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks a lot. Those are all the questions I have. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from... Uh, Terry Smith from Haywood Securities. Please go ahead. The line is now open. Thanks, operator. Peter, you you say that you'll be at 7,500 tons a day uh, from the underground at YD by the end of the year. How long would it take you to get to 8,000 ton a day, roughly? Is that does it take another six months to get there? So that would be the middle of next year. Hey, Kerry. Ah. Um, uh, I don't know. We haven't uh, we haven't entered into our, our budget setting yet, uh, but you know I would expect that we'll be getting into eight thousand at some point next year. Uh, you mean seventy five hundred tons a day, uh, and we'll see uh, we'll see as we go through uh, this uh, the latter half of this year. But I mean, 
<clears throat> the mine is, is currently really well positioned, I would say, with all that brand new infrastructure, uh, lots of broken ore underground, lots of drilled off ore underground. We're, we're in pretty good shape right now. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't want to give you a prediction. Okay. Okay. And then just a second question on YD. Do you plan to maintain any sort of a surface stockpile from underground, or you're just going to have that uh, the fine ore bins underground, the 6,000 tons for excess sort of ore? Yeah, I mean, it, it could. We could end up with uh, an underground uh, ore stockpile on surface. It depends on on uh, you know if the, you know during mill shutdowns and things like that. We could put a little bit out in the yard. We have the capability of doing that. We wouldn't expect it to be significant, though. Uh, we've got lots of. We've gone from, as you know, something like uh, very minimal amount of storage, like five five hundred tons of storage uh, in the in the upper mine infrastructure, to geez, six seven thousand tons of storage currently in in the lower mine infrastructure. So we've got uh, we've got reasonable amount of storage. You also have storage, of course, in 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 stopes and and things like that. So I mean, we've got. Uh, we're a much better place than we've ever been. Okay, but but if I mean, is is a day a day of storage capacity, a day of milling capacity, is enough in terms of storage? It just seems like you'd probably want to have a bit more. I guess is what I'm wondering. Yeah, we'll probably end up with a few days on surface uh, to to uh, you know to, to go to if we have to. To just to manage. Okay, okay, that's great. Thanks. Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad if you have a question or comment. There are no further questions at this time. This concludes this morning's call. If you have any further questions that not have not been answered, please feel free to contact Mr. Scott Parsons at 416 416- Three six eight nine nine three two, three six eight nine nine three two extension five four three nine. Thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.